my turn for intro. Oh gosh, it's so hard to intro these things. It, it just feels so awkward when we're just talking naturally. Okay, all right. Well, just just G yourself up, heaps. Do a little dance. <laughs> I always record these standing up. I do. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Um, I don't know why I'm sitting down. Maybe because there's more padding here, so it doesn't echo. If I stand up, I'm gonna get super hyper. I'm gonna finish eating my seed. Your seed? That sounds terrible, given the conversation we were just having. <laughs> pumpkin seed. You're eating pumpkin seeds? Yeah. What? That's a thing? What? You didn't... You're eating pumpkin seeds. Okay, you've never eaten a pumpkin seed. I've eaten pumpkin, but I don't just, like, eat a bowl of seeds. That, they don't that's the waste sell product, right? the seeds as snacks, like roasted seeds with salt on them. Oh, maybe they do. I've never never encountered it, though. When when you make, when you carve pumpkins as a kid, you scoop out the seeds and there's all these seeds. Well, you just take the seeds and you roast them on a tray in the oven and put some salt on them. They're really good. Huh, these are like the Halloween-style pumpkins, right? Where they're pretty much empty except for the seeds? Big seeds. These big seeds. Those sort of pumpkins you don't see here very often. We normally get the ones that they're sort of hourglass-shaped. Wow, I don't even think I've seen an hourglass-shaped pumpkin. I've seen hourglass-shaped gourd. A pumpkin is a gourd, I guess. I don't even know what a gourd is. Is that a new vegetable? Did it come out recently? Wait. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, hold on. Is this just is this a dialect difference? Uh, a, a pumpkin is an orange thing. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Yes. A gourd is could be like a squash, acorn squash butternut squash what i'm thinking of is it's like a it's like greenish on the outside but pumpkin orange on the inside that's that's could be that's a squash which is a gourd no a squash is like a like a it's it's like a two-dimensional lemon thing uh, okay so you think of yellow squash summer squash yellow summer squash sweet if we're both talking about squashes like the two things i have in mind are drastically different objects but then again, I hear that capsicums are called peppers. What's a capsicum? Even though they're not spicy. So why on earth would you call a capsicum a pepper? A, a what? A capsicum? Yeah. I need to look this up now. Cap. That's just... Capsicum. I didn't know that they were called anything different. A capsicum the pepper. Okay, is this a... Oh, those are the red peppers. They're called red. Pe well, what about the green or yellow ones? The green pepper, yellow pepper. That's, but they're not spicy. <laughs> yeah, peppers but are meant they're, to because be, okay, they're chilies, okay. right? I get that they're probably from the same family, but you call them capsicum. So if you go to the grocery store, it says capsicum. Yes. Oh my gosh, that is so weird. No, this is blowing my mind. That is so weird. It's I didn't even know what that word was. I had to look it up. It's. Did you spell it correctly? <laughs> I did. I did spell it correctly. Capsicum. I wonder how many the other pepper. words like that, because we, we discovered a ton of words like this just across different states in Australia. So from different oh, Western countries must be very different as well. Like hmm. uh, a friend of mine had us stumped for like a solid 30 minutes while we tried to figure out what the heck a stoby pole was. I don't know what that is. I've never heard well, of it. Well, let's try and figure it out. Stoby pole. What could that be? Is it a food? It sounds more like a... It is no, It is a kind of pole. I mean, I, I just am picturing a rod, like a long metal, maybe wooden stoby pole. Well, you got, I can hear you typing. You but then again, there is no way that you can figure it out with more clues. It's a very specific type of like telegraph pole. Weird. Okay. South Australia. 
And even then, I was... Okay. Yeah, they're only in South Australia, because he'd come from there to Victoria. And that's like, um, talking to my German friend, it's not the highway, it's the Autobahn. The, the that, what? That translates. Autobahn. The Autobahn. I, go thought on the Autobahn. Was, I thought you were going to say the auto way. No, no. Autobahn. Pretty sure that's what she said. Not like the Autobahn Bird Society. But if that's just like a German word, then fair enough. Every word Bahn. is different. Bahn. Yeah, Bahn. No, but she says it in English when she's speaking English. And like with the English normal talking voice, not in a German accent. All right, whatever. I don't normal talking? Like. Yikes. <laughs> no, but <laughs> normal talking. Not like. What I mean is not like when you're watching a Japanese show and they throw in English words in English. Gotcha. She wasn't just throwing a German word in. Okay, no, they just call it that. I don't know. All right, language is weird, and I may or may not be eating squash or pumpkin seeds. Oh, what was the thing? You always say you're going to the for the gas station, but you call it a popping <laughs> popping down to the servo for a V. Uh, I was like, okay, you probably don't know what V is because I'm pretty sure that's a very Australian-specific drink. And everyone seems to be concerned by what a servo is, which surely you can piece together that it means service station. Yeah, in co- in in context, you can figure out what it means, but... Um, but that that's the same for a lot of things, like, like the bottle-o. What? You can probably figure out what that is. The bottle-o is the liquor store. No, that's... No, I don't think I would have figured that out. I, I, it would need to be in a sentence. If you just say bottle-o, I wouldn't... Like, I guess I was yeah, recy- I recycling okay, center, so, something to do with bottles. I don't okay, know. But, okay, because liquor store isn't a word at all. Like the regular term would be bottle shop. <laughs> That's cute. The bottle, bottle shop. So bottle then the shop. slang term is bottle-o. That's great. I don't think we have a lot of slang up here. Um, okay, well, okay. let's see if there are any of the state different ones uh, uh, mess with you a bit. So say, um, what do you call the, in school, the taps that would shoot water up into the air that you would drink from oh the drinking fountain you mean a bubbler no i've never heard anyone call it a bubbler uh, a bubbler <laughs> or um what what a uh, swimsuits were different for every every state that's weird i don't remember using any slang for swimsuits like a lot of the words are just i'm trying to think of slang words that we had apparently people around here call them togs that was weird to me. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Tog. I'll just say swimmers, but apparently that's weird where I'm from as well. I think uh, in New South Wales, I think they call it cozies. Or my husband has some things that he says strange. First of all, I always thought he was crazy for saying, oh, let's go let's go to eat at Eastside Mario's and let's play Mario. Mar- Super Mario Sunshine. Have you ever played that game? I would just laugh yeah. and laugh. That's so... Mario. It's pronounced Mario. And I thought he oh, was crazy. Oh, Mario. I thought he was crazy, but then the other day I was listening to the radio and there was an ad for East Side Mario's, and I went, "Well, dang, it's uh. an accent around here." I didn't know that. Mario. You were gonna play Mario Party. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the common <laughs> test because like I'm always baffled by how like in Britain accents change quite drastically. Like you only have to travel a few oh, streets yes, away yes. and you can sometimes tell the difference. Um, but there doesn't seem to be drastic difference throughout Australia. Like, like it can be mm. like if you go out into rural towns versus city areas. But from the east coast to the west coast, it's still like I'm surprised there isn't more difference between Perth and Sydney as there is between Sydney and New Zealand. Right? How is that not the case? Like that that because Australia is pretty big, right? Seems like it should, right? Um, so the the easy test 
um, because it's it can be more subtle, is plant or plant. Oh. So apparently plant is more common to South Australia. So you'd hear people saying dance instead of dance and junk like that. Okay. I mean, around here, the, the dialect in the same province changes quite drastically. If you're on the south shore, the north shore, or if you're over off of Cape Breton, you can tell like, where a person is from or if they're from Halifax. You know, we could tie this into an animation topic by saying how would different dialects and accents and things affect your technique in lip syncing? I Well, to be fair, I don't think I've had to really deal with it. Everything I've done has either been... Mm, I mean, I haven't done a character with like a weird lisp or a different accent or anything. Have you ever had to lip sync something in a different language? No. What's that like? I don't know. I haven't done it either. I suppose you'd probably get subtitles or something generated so you can at least see what syllables are getting spoken. But then again, you're dealing more with the sound, yeah. not the spoken word. Like, do you ever get tripped up lip syncing because you're listening so close to every individual syllable or whatever each letter is getting represented? You know, like I, I always overdo it with my lip syncing. It's like a bad habit. I'll put in too many oh. frames and then watch it back and it's really it's flappy no, and I have can't. to cut some out. I don't have that problem. Um, I find that my problem is usually I don't push the shapes of the mouths enough, so they all seem too similar. Um, it's really easy to overdo it with lip syncing, though. Like I see that a lot of the time is people will over animate it, um, or think that because it's lip sync, it needs to be animated on ones, or just it just looks really weird if you animate on ones. If you try to make it smooth, probably like the real trick to the craft is being able to choose the right transitional states between like mm, key yes, mouths rather yes. than just going each yeah. syllable like when should it hold when should it be something that just moves from one mouth to another so often what you think it should be isn't right when you actually sound it out uh and again when choosing between different dialects and stuff it like maybe that shape would be different even though it's the same word it might be a different shape depending on the character speaking it well yeah and well, the thing is, when you play it back, it has to look right. So a lot of the times, especially if you're just talking at normal speed or if you're talking really fast, mm. you have to skip a lot. So how do you capture that sound in on twos? Because if you try to do it on ones, again, it just... If a character's talking that fast, I'll, I'll duck into ones periodically. Yes, yeah, I agree. But most of the time, my lip sync is on twos, ex uh, with some exceptions. Do you like to have individual mouth swap outs or do you sometimes grab them and then tween them a little bit from state to state? Um, so how I usually do it is I usually just have a set, depending on what I'm doing. If I'm not doing it by hand, then I just have a standard set of shapes. I think nine for me sounds about right. Maybe a little bit, maybe a little less. Do you always do them in the same order? I always build them in the same order. Yeah. Yep, always the same order. It always... And I have mine set up so that each shape, there will be like the same shape, but a closed version or a version with an L, blah, blah, blah. Because that way you don't have to. What is your ideal order for drawing mouths in? Um, I usually start with the closed one and then I will do the most open one, but not quite because I sometimes do a more extreme one after that. Uh, so I'll do all of just, okay, happy pose first and I'll start with the closed mouth and I'll do a couple of gradations up to being open. And then I'll do the O, the U, and then I'll start doing stuff like T, H, P, V. So did you say that there was, you went immediately from closed mouth to most open? 
Yeah, and then I can... Because that helps me put the in-betweens so that they are very smooth. So it's, you can get a very smooth opening and closing. Yeah, I guess I do it very gradually because that's... Um, like, I put them in the most... I suppose, I, guess, I suppose you could say order so that you could play them all in that sequence and it would be somewhat fluid, uh, which is... Yeah, yeah, mine too. One that's shut and then I think, I think it's two of, like, lips opening but teeth closed... Um, two of like teeth gradually opening and then one, like a third one, which is like wide open. And then the mouth starts to, I think two of it. So sort of, like going into an ooze shape yep. and then no, no, sorry. It was two of it going out into an E shape. So the mouth starts to close again, but the mouth's coming out wider and then it goes into an ooze shape from there. So it might open up again slightly and then finishes on the closed short mouth. But I'm thinking of maybe I should bring that to the, to the beginning because then you need to have the miscellaneous, as you're saying, like the, the V sound, the, P's, the L the sound. Th, yeah. They got to go somewhere and they don't fit seamlessly into the rest of the set. I, I guess it also depends too if I'm doing a puppet or not because I have puppet rigs and then those, then I don't, because I'm not drawing it by hand, I start with the closed and then I gradually build up to the wide open one because I'm carefully nudging like a, two pixels up, two pixels down, right? To get those because it's a puppet. Um, but if I'm drawing it by hand, I find if I don't draw the most open pose first, then there's a little bit of unevenness as it's opening because it's, I don't know. I just you need ever to be built able- like a crazy mouth rig? Like rather than drawing each one, like you pose them because you had like a layer of bottom teeth and you'd like, you'd push that up and then you'd have like envelope deformers around the mouth and you'd just reshape it. I haven't worked with envelope deformers, no, but just drawing, taking, grabbing the little anchor points and ticking them left or right with the arrow keys. It's an interesting idea, um, but ultimately I think it's m- more complicated than it probably needs to be. It because, sounds like, things like it. Can, things can break. It's harder to do like those quick little swap outs. Um, like, yeah, you get more flexibility because you could... You can theoretically like tween between the different mouth states that you put in. But I mean, when you think about it, most of the lip syncing you're doing is just standard mouth shapes. You don't need those crazy stuff where you would want a warp deformer and all that. And the other thing I was going to say is mouths aren't exactly the most complex thing to just draw again whenever you do need something (laughs) unusual. Uh, Like one thing I probably spend too much time in is uh, base set. Mouths. You've got the happy mouths, you've got the sad mouths, maybe some extreme little extras here, but I've never really done like like a whole scene of a character where it's it's raw. Like the whole face is just being done frame by frame or, or expressive. You've never done that um, before? I'm gonna have to tackle it soon, I think, for like for like a singing character. It'd be a good animating exercise. It'd be a good uh, acting exercise, if anything, to do all of that. Oh, for sure. Him. You get yeah. so much more expression out of it. Because you can you move know, the like, chin and the, the eyebrows. And... I'm just never really in the position where where it's so much of the focus of the shot that that much time can be afforded to Well, it to doing might it. be. It seems like you might have to do that <laughs> quite soon. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I'll be able to this time. There's, there's one anecdote of a freelance job I did a few years ago um, where it was it was very last minute and the budget for it was approved without my consent. <laughs> so, because when I was just like, this 
is like not okay. Like we can't afford to do this much animation on what you've agreed to. And they're like, sorry, it's already happening. Like, I guess I'm okay. Uh, so I figured out a few different alternate ways that this could get done. Basically it was about three, four minutes, I think of, no, maybe it was more than that. It was several minutes of talking. The character didn't really need to do anything besides that. In fact, it was just a face superimposed onto and a photograph of an object. I was like, okay, we need to, you know, do all this dialogue. Um, lip syncing all of that is is a huge grind. If, if, if we do all that, there's not really going to be any time for anything else, any other sort of expression or emotion. Even doing, even if it changes from, you know, the happy mouths to the sad mouths, you've got to create a whole new set. If there's different characters, they all need different types of mouths as well. Here's an idea. What if these inanimate objects with faces didn't have a mouth at all and we just drew eyes? And those eyes were super expressive. That way each character can have its own eyes and, you know, they're constantly popping around and changing and moving all different things. Uh, that is way quicker than lip syncing it and it'll be way more dynamic and actually tell the story more strongly. But they were very firm. They're like, no, no, no. We want to be lip synced. So I was like, oh, well, the only way that this can be lip synced in time is no expression changes. So it's just like a very neutral, semi-happy mouth and dots for eyes. Because even like white eyes with pupils in them would be too like staring into your soulness because they can't blink or look around or do anything. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure you want to take this route? And the client's like, yes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did, you know, they're the ones paying it. They got what they asked for. Uh, and, it, you know, it was a bit of a shame in the end because like it got done, but, you know, it wasn't something I was happy with. And I don't think they were very happy with it either in the end um, because like it's not, it's not something they can, you can really be like, oh, I told you so. Like it's, you know, it's finished. That, that exists. <laughs> so, oh God. Yeah, it, it's a shame. Uh, I wish there was a way I could have like communicated it better or, or it, at the very least, if there was time to demonstrate the two tests and say, here, you know, column A, column B. Uh, but it was that last minute. I suppose the moral of this story is that if you're a commissioner or a director or something like that, make sure the budget is reasonable before you just tell people to animate it. <laughs> I think, I think I'm trying to look in our document because I know we've t I know you've told that story before, but I couldn't remember. Oh, have I? It's Damn been it! Oh. On the show or off the show? We want to make sure not to, because the people who do listen to the show listen to every episode, and they probably remember them better than we. Do, so. <laughs> awesome. I'm just gonna put a note in here. That's how it is. That's like people who watched all of Scribble Kibble. I don't remember what I've talked about anymore, and that's kind of a sign of like, okay, it's probably time to wrap that. What I was gonna say. All right, lip sync. So I did something really foolish the other day, and I shouldn't have done it, but I couldn't help it. It was 11.30 at night, and it was really bothering me. But there's something you should never do on YouTube, which is critique stuff <laughs> without being asked to do so. However, there's a particular animator I follow. I really like their stuff. But what happened was... <laughs> I feel so bad. Um, what happened was... A convention hired them to do a promotional piece about the convention. Now, what happened when you watch the video, it's about five minutes of... Oh, gosh, I hope you're not listening to this. I'm really sorry if you are. I love you. <laughs> um, it was five minutes of just talking. Talking about 
here's the convention, here's the things. And the poor guy had to animate all of that. Just five minutes of just pure talking. But it's not like they could just stand there and do nothing. The characters had to walk around and do things on screen and there's stuff happening in the background. And I'm just like, for all of the effort that went into this, uh, the result is still really boring. <laughs> it's so boring. And I said, if the convention had allowed the animator to be a part of the writing and the storyboarding process, that would not have happened because the person that they hired is really good with action sequences and like fun, involved stuff. Right. And instead they said, here's, but guess what? So anyway, I wrote this comment and I said something along the lines of like, you know, I, I feel a little sorry that you had to animate all this. And I feel like the result would have been more interesting if you had been involved in the writing, blah, blah, blah process. I ended up deleting that comment. Doesn't exist anymore. So was it written or were you just like mindlessly rambling for several minutes? No, it was just a very short thought out. How do I critique this? Because what I wanted to, I wanted to say something because if the convention was wondering why their video wasn't getting popular... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So so they animated something that was um, you know, below par because the resources they were given wasn't much to work with. The animation wasn't the thing. It was just that it was a lot of lip sync. And the point of the story is that They they were really up against the wall to make anything uh very decent out of what they were given. Well you have to make something five minutes with the thing is that there's just a lot of talking and the point is that um, they wrote to me sort of in the background and I got a bunch of this information. I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But basically said the most difficult thing about it was doing all that lip sync, which is what I said, thought when I wrote that comment. I thought, oh my gosh, this is five minutes of multiple characters constantly talking on screen. Far out. Oh, that's a lot of lip syncing work. Whoa. <laughs> How quickly did they make it in? Uh, two weeks. Holy cow. Two weeks. Yeah. And I, I mean, for... That was impressive. Like, the characters weren't just standing there. You know, they were blinking and talking and moving and had unique expressions, blah, blah, blah. I was just thinking, man, if the convention... Uh, uh, I have this whole thing about there's ways to market yourself using animation. Paying somebody to just animate characters talking about your thing is not the way to do it. But then you said that you went and did a critique of this piece. Yeah, just a very short thing saying um, you would have gotten a better result if the animator had been involved in the writing. Oh, right. So it was a letter to the convention being like, this is probably why this ad didn't work. Yes, right. Just just a little thing. And then I, the reason I should have done that is because I have enough pull in the community that as soon as I comment anything, it gets a bunch of likes. And I I realized uh, the next day after I had had enough sleep, Oh yeah, I really don't want that to be the top comment on their video, so I just I got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I felt so bad though. I just couldn't not say anything because it was so. <sighs> oh, poor them for having to slug through all that, all that lip sync. That's what I thought, but they said it was really great working the convention, so that made me feel. Oh, a okay. Lot better because a lot of the times, what will happen? They didn't come out the other end with resentment. <laughs> No, but I wrote that type of thing because uh, sometimes animators can get taken advantage of, and I wanted to kind of call out people who do that. But in this case, they felt really good 
Um, they got compensated well. And so I was like, whoa, but yeah, I definitely don't want to call out the convention. Like, they should be thumbs up for being good to work with. And they did actually <laughs> uh, have the person involved. And <laughs> the script originally was 12 minutes long. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's uh, man, it's like a whole episode of a show at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway. That's oh, not all bad news. I, I guess there's just more of just notes of things to keep in mind for next time in regards to like advertising and junk yeah advertising is just um i don't know there's advertise is a whole thing i don't know if we should ever do an episode on that like if any like we probably don't have enough experience in that field because that's a whole nother corner of the industry isn't it doing uh commercial work but there is um i guess uh to make things full circle back to uh regional junk uh we've got a show here uh, called The Gruen Transfer. It's a show all about talking about... It's like a panel show. talks about advertising and stuff. Um, but the two ends oh. of the panel are quite... It's very interesting because the two like primary uh, panelists that are there, and they bring their guests on each week, um, they're from very different mindsets. Like One of them is a bit more of a creative type, and the other one's just like the mm. cold like raw business side so you know one person you know one side will be like oh that's a fantastic ad because like it's so creative and engaging like people like talking about this ad um you know it's really good and then the other one's like no it's a terrible ad it doesn't sell any product like no one's gonna buy anything because of this ad terrible ad that's really interesting now i'm now i'm thinking about the marketing type of things because i mean it matters to our industry because at least in the past a lot of the cartoons that were made were to promote a franchise. So My Little Pony is an example of that. The whole idea is to sell toys, right? Mm, that's a good point. I don't think that's any different now, though. Like, does, does making a cartoon for TV, is that is that even profitable? I don't know. I'm a little confused right now because... So, let's Disney makes these shows, like Gravity Falls and things like that. Those aren't shows made to sell toys. Where are they... What are they making money off of? How are they making their money? Do they make money off of the ads for that show? Like, or... What? I don't understand. You know, it's probably why we don't see shows of that caliber very often. Right, because it's not a merchandisable thing the way something like My Little Pony is like, okay, there are these characters, they've existed for decades, and everybody who follows that knows who they are. They all have a little gimmick, they have a little thing on their butt. I wonder if it could even simply be seen as a good PR move. Every few years, release this show that's just like really like top notch that people fall in love with. That's, that's, you know what? I don't know. I just, I was confused about that because I was thinking, well, advertising revenue doesn't, is not really the thing anymore. Not a people, people don't use cable and, and very much, especially not for that type of audience, right? People watching cartoons. A lot of those people are now on subscription services. Well, that's the other thing, though, is when they made Gravity Falls, they probably already knew they were going to be releasing their own subscription service, the Disney the Disney thing that's coming out. The Disney Plus thing? But Gravity Falls was like eight years ago. Yeah. Oh, who knows? I I'm, I've, don't get to spend enough time in that area of the industry to hear what happens with big corporate negotiations and how much TV shows actually make. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just happy that I get to be a part of them. <laughs> so hopefully they're profitable <laughs> so that we can keep doing them. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I find it sort of a, a like a big mystery where, where does... How are they making money on that? Especially once you know how expensive it is to do. Well, it doesn't have to stop at TV shows. Think of like live action sitcoms and stuff. The ones where the actors get paid like a million dollars an episode and junk. Yeah, where, where they, are they making the money from? They would cost more to make per episode than a cartoon for sure. People aren't out 
buying merchandise of those shows. That's not how they stay afloat. I don't know. I All I can think is... They, they managed to survive just through sheer ratings alone somehow. How, but how? Does a rating give you money? There's not like a rating pool of funds. I don't know. It's a system <laughs> that's been in place a lot longer than the old that's online true. world, so... I mean, I guess advertising revenue does make money. Like You can make a couple bucks off of YouTube with advertising. It must have made a lot more money back in the day. I mean, not YouTube, but cable. If it's a show with high ratings, I'm assuming it costs a lot more to purchase ad space for that show. Does it work? Are we all just spending money for no reason? Like, are we just, hmm, yeah, let's spend $3 million so we can put our Budweiser ad into the whatever spot. That'll make it money back. Yeah, sure. There is a science behind it. I I, I think on average, uh, last statistic I saw was like, it can take about 30 impressions before someone would be willing to buy. Oh, I'd say more than that. Jeez, uh, someone willing to buy. If, if we thought impressions, I could even go look into my data now and tell you exactly how many impressions resulted in a purchase of one of my things. It's very low. But that's just through like one source, like, you know, through the combination of mm. billboards, the sides of buses, radio, uh, eventually. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard to actually pick psychologically how often an ad has worked on you. Uh, only one time I can think of in recent memory was like, man, I really feel like KFC. I'm going to have some <laughs> KFC because I feel filthy. I went on to Uber Eats, right? And then the first thing at the top of the, of the listings was McDonald's. And I was like, I'm going to get McDonald's instead. <laughs> and I did. So that ad being right there just completely just sideswiped my purchase. That's somehow. Huh. They poached you. How'd they do that? I don't know. How do we poach people? I, it, Let's poach people. Depends on the product as well. Like something like that where, you know, you you probably would buy it semi-regularly versus a one-off product. Mm. Like I don't shop online very often, but I've got like a monitor arm once. So therefore all of the advertising robots for all the banner ads <laughs> oh, that you yeah. see on every abs- website was like, oh, you just love monitor arms, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I need more of them. That's all this this the only thing we have to go on as far as we're concerned the 100% of your purchase rates are monitor arms. Here is lots of monitor arms. Everywhere you can look, monitor arms. <laughs> oh great. And apparently see that sort of junk all the time when like uh like if someone like gets engaged suddenly you'll only get like wedding ads and stuff like that. And that applies to what you're watching on the internet too. Like you watch one cartoon on youtube and suddenly or one story time video let's put it that way those seem to work you watch one story time video and soon your feed is full of all these story time videos from different people you're like what is going on strangely though you know i find that's really really good use for incognito mode mm, if you ever want to do something that doesn't mess with the algorithm if you want to see what's actually popular (laughs) rather than just something that's really fine-tuned or if you want to test some search results that aren't based on your personal bias Well, I guess that's our show for today. So thanks for listening to Animoot. And you can join us next week on Monday for another bit of information, talking, exciting things about animation. Woo! (laughs) Coming to think of it, that wasn't any kind of focused uh, episode at all. We sort of just had our microphones on and talked about random stuff. Uh, We don't do that very often. We do have like a spreadsheet of topics. Uh, but personally, I'm very fond of when we go on like weird random tangents. And then Crown here tries to pull me back on the track again. And I, I'm like, why did you do that? Give us thoughts on what you think of random crap episodes like this. Maybe there'll be more of them. Or maybe not, since apparently I'm such a 
This is just so hard up on keeping to the topic. That's my job. That's my role is to bring us back to the topic. I'm very good at doing that. I'm sorry. No, what? What are you apologizing for? I'm the Canadian here. Did we? Jeez. Did we have any <laughs> common questions we wanted to say before we go? All right. All right. Common questions. Questions for the audience. Because we haven't done any in like forever. Maybe it's because like whenever, like we've always wanted to do to do that, but um, we record these like nearly a month in advance, sometimes more. Oh, we don't have... Do we have any comment? I don't think we do. I usually just answer them text-wise, otherwise I'd write them down, so... Oh, right. Well, is there any that were super interesting that you did answer text-wise that would be beneficial for the wider... The, for the people? Oh, well, uh, well, let's go to our recent episode and have a look, shall we? Magic batting. Ideas don't make you special. Oh, you know, when we released this episode, people are like, I feel personally attacked. And I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you did change the name of that one then? I did just I did change it just now earlier today. I think that's a better title. Ideas versus execution is Personally attacked comments uh they're, they're a good one. It means you've found something relatable. Yeah. But it's not I they didn't but mean it's not it maliciously. so intense that they're actually right. offended. It's right. like a playful yes. I'm playfully offended. <laughs> but I thought what you said was really catchy. There were some good comments on this episode. We just get so derailed that we I, yeah, I don't know. It, Forget to be professionals. I mean, this is, should stay more of a fun, easy thing for us to do since we're involved in so many other... I, I like, for example... Considering how many... I wish... Considering how... <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Considering how many uh, topics I assume I would know your opinion on, and it turns out we... Uh, like completely the opposite. Really? I don't, I don't, do I assume I know your opinion on things? Sometimes it's more like I'm surprised that you don't agree with me when it happens. I'm like, wait, yeah, not everybody lot, thinks that way. It's it? something unexpected. You know, that, that's pretty much the reason why we started this was because it was, there was much to learn.